last episode this week. All right. Welcome on in to Mosaic MC in second and short. For you guys, it's been forever. It's been like a week. For us, it's been five minutes. Back-to-back <laughs> episodes. And we're going to talk about today. Jason, what are we talking about? We're talking about that value pick you're going to get from 51 to 100. 80. And we got some... And we got some really interesting takes and some really gems to uncover uh, during this discussion. We do. And if you missed who we thought were great value picks with ADPs right now from one to 50, go back and check out last week's episode, go through our social medias um, and see all of our graphics that we made and polls that we put up on. Uh, we're going to ask everybody if they think these are, are great value picks at this spot. Now we're going to talk about what they are in their position, what number they are, uh, what overall draft they are and where that would fall in your 12 team base league one quarterback ppr leagues uh, obviously if we talk super flex these things are going to change if we talk dynasty there's going to be slight changes as well we're just going to talk redraft for you guys because we're in redraft season so let's tailor to redraft people so starting us off who is our first value pick when you're going down that list we started 51 and we kind of we kind of skipped a couple pages here and went all the way to the 60s we got Right here, I'm taking the tight end seven coming off the board in most ADP uh, single quarterback formats, and that's TJ Hawkinson, who is sitting at ADP 68, like I said, tight end seven, with a huge ceiling. Why do I say a huge ceiling? Because you're going to see this Detroit team take a step forward. You're going to see the emergence of uh, St. Brown, the they drafted a really good receiver in Williams. You still got Swift in the backfield. Hawkinson's going to benefit from all this. Golf is a managing quarterback. He is not a super star quarterback. And I hate to say that. I like him as a quarterback. I like him as a person. Everything I see that he does. But he is one of these Alex Smith type game managing quarterbacks. And the favorite thing for a game managing quarterback is they're tied in because they just want to move the chains and get down the field to let their superstar players have the uh, spotlight when you get swift running the ball or catching it out of the backfield. Yes. I also have Jamal Williams still there that catches a lot of balls out of the backfield and you're going to be able to open up the field uh, on these go routes with a two burner wide receiver. So what lead is open middle of the field for Hawkinson to eat. And I think this is a great value because you're going to get a tight end one for your team at a late position. When you're filling in all those positions, you're going to be able to get somebody that's going to come in and immediately contribute and help win you championships. Yeah. And so we saw some games missed. Uh, he went from playing 16 games to playing 12. Missed five games the the end of the season. Had one real stinker against Pittsburgh where the whole uh, game kind of just was, was a weird game. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, he played really well. I mean, his, his snap percentage is, is pretty high. He normally sits like at 80s up in, you know, snap percentage that he plays. Uh, he went from tight end five in PPR standards in 2020 when he played 16 games to tight end 15. That's a missing five games. He, he fell 10 spots. Um, in that five games missed, though, uh, we're talking an extra 17 targets that he didn't have. He's also down in touchdowns. So we're talking a guy, the guy, about a guy that had a little bit of regression because of injury, because of the offense wasn't as good. But, I mean, adding in um, 
and I, I'm going to say they still added Amon Ross St. Brown this year because uh, they didn't really have him for the full season. It was kind of end of the year. And so Hawkinson and, and Amon Ross St. Brown really didn't get to mesh and gel with each other really that we had yet. Um, I didn't think it was like a full go. And I think that's actually that addition of those two playing together at full go, full strength is going to look great. Lions already making contract extensions with TJ Hawkinson a priority right now. Uh, on top of that, we're looking at DeAndre Swift. He's healthy. That's another option to take away looks from TJ Hawkinson, but also defensively, it leaves more people to watch. Uh, Jameson Williams is going to look really good when he's with this team as well. And I think DJ Chark is a real big sleeper here that is really good at stretching the field, which is going to allow that middle ground, that 8 to 12 yards, to be feasted on by TJ Hawkinson. He's on the field a lot because he blocks well. He's healthy, catches the ball well. Uh, any anytime we can see a tight end that hits over 100 targets, I safely can say that he can hit uh, top five numbers. And I just think for him, really, it just comes down to uh, how consistent Goff can be. Yeah, and a lot of people are sleeping on him because he's in Detroit. Uh, mm-hmm. Detroit doesn't get a lot of fanfare, even though they've got some players that are good fantasy players. And you also got to think, what's the biggest thing that we like in fantasy that nobody talks about garbage points yeah because because if a a team is down they're not going to run the ball they're going to pass you got a big pass catching tight end he's going to see more targets so and people disparage garbage points like well i want a team i want somebody that's going to produce all game okay that's fine do that i give me all the garbage points in the world I will take them. They're still points. They still help vic- help lead teams to victory. I absolutely do. And uh, another thing, too, is last year, uh, we saw five tight ends hit 100 targets. And of those tight ends that hit uh, 100 targets, uh, every single tight end finished top nine in PPR standards. So what we're saying is that you can, the first five rounds of this, and you can get him, maybe you get him at the turn. Uh, and you go a little bit earlier than his ADP, which is what we're kind of pushing in this area. Like if you can get him in this range, it's fantastic. Get him a little earlier, great, good, because you're going to benefit. But you can solidify your two running backs, three receivers, or vice versa, and then come back and get TJ Hawkinson in the beginning of the six. And I think that if he falls a little bit, you're going to thrive even more. Now we're talking about a guy that is, in my opinion, going to improve his touchdowns, improve his targets, improve his catches, improve his yards, just because he was injured last year for five games. And if we can guarantee, if I, if I can sell you something and guarantee it, then I want to do that. I can't guarantee you that, that anybody else at other positions in the sixth round is going to finish top 10, but if he's going to hit hundred targets, he's going to finish top 10. Like that's, yeah. there's no question to that. Granted that was Stafford, but that was also, I mean, even with Goff, he still hit 84 targets. We're talking 17 less targets. So actually on that trajectory, he would have actually probably hit like 120 targets. We're talking like where he would have yep. done more. So in that case, we're talking about another three, 400 yards, we're talking about another three, four touchdowns. We're talking about another um, 10 to 12 catches just jumps. So next, who are we talking about? Because... We're going to move on to wide receiver 38. So an ADP value from 51 to hundred that we think is great value is wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, getting drafted 81 overall, which gets us good at pick 8.09. This is your guy. Lead us off. Yeah, um, 
this is one that leaves me scratch my head um, because a great quarterback who just lost their 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 That's wide an understatement, um, really. But continue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm no. I'm just saying. You know, a vast jump at quarterback play. Mm-hmm. A team that just lost their top wide receiver mm-hmm. who has targets to to be there 159 targets abandoned from just tyree kill just yes tyree kill and he goes to a conference that is known to sling the ball a lot a and yeah um, i'm sorry division mm-hmm. um and this this just doesn't make sense why is he following this because he's proven when he was healthy in pittsburgh that he can produce he's got got good hands he's got good open field um elusiveness and he's slid so far down now the injury like we talked injuries happen everybody says well he was hurt he's got injury because i don't care this is almost 160 targets that are abandoned he steps into a leaps and bounds better quarterback situation that can throw the ball where big ben arm was depleted Mahomes can sling a ball mm-hmm. and you can take on um the matchups downfield and be the burner that he was and is capable of so i think this is uh, an area where you can get a really high-end wide receiver too really late in your draft and these are the these are the picks that we talk about that win or lose championships for you this is true. And so not only Tyreek Hill, but also Vanda Scantlin, who had like 50 some odd catch, uh, targets. Talking about Williams, the running back as well, that's now in Arizona. Um, that's like another 50 targets. So we're talking like 270 abandoned targets. Uh, so if everybody's like, well, they're going to go to McCall Hartman or, oh, I love Sky Moore because I love rookies. Okay, cool. They can all have 90 targets. They literally, <laughs> we just give all three of them 90 targets. And it's good. And that on top of that actually leaves more abandoned targets still that Jones can take the rest of them because uh, Hardman's going to have his targets and we're going to improve uh, those. He had 83 targets last year. So let's just say he gets another 20. That's still 250 to go between everybody else that's new. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is a player that is not getting the credit that he should get credit for. This is a guy that uh, had a wide receiver, um, wide receiver one, you know once was a guy that was getting looked at as a, a top 12 dynasty startup pick you know and he's uh in 2020 was wide receiver 17 and 2018 was wide receiver 8 2017 wide receiver 20 uh, he had two down seasons so now everybody's just kind of off that board but we're talking three times he finishes a top 20 receiver when he played uh, a, a majority of those games and he didn't have any injuries the years that he only played 12 and 5 games yeah, he didn't finish the top 20 receiver. And now you're getting him at wide receiver 38. I think if anybody can make that jump from a projected wide receiver four right here to a wide receiver two, it's Juju Smith-Schuster. And there's another guy we're going to talk about that I think similarity can <laughs> also do that. Oh, wide receiver 34, sorry. So he's a back-end yeah. uh, back wide receiver three. He's going to make that jump. Let's continue, though. And let's, get, let's just get crazy. Let's get wild. Let's go one more pick. Running back 33. You know, we're going to talk about who has value between 51 and 100. Like, maybe I'm going to go zero RB, and I'm just going to get my tight ends, my run, my receivers. I'm going to draft a running back in, like, the sixth round, seventh round, which isn't really zero RB. But then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, who's this Rashad Penny guy? So, at pick 82, 810, let's say Juju's already gone, 
and you're still there. Rashad Penny has RB1 upside as a starting running back for you that you can get in the eighth round, maybe the seventh if you decide to go risky and go early. I think that we are really underrated. Like we're not, we're not giving him credit on what he did in 2021. Uh, he played in week one and then didn't play again until week seven. Okay. And then kind of played every now and then from weeks 13 to weeks 18, he eclipsed uh, 130 yards four times. Uh, and we're talking times where he was averaging like six yards per touch, five yards per touch. He scored lots of touchdowns in those final Final five, six weeks, was it six? Uh, we've got him sitting with six touchdowns in the final six weeks. We're talking him having like 700 yards. Like, it was insane. Chris Carson now retires. They go out and draft Kenneth Walker, who I believe has an ADP around the same range. Penny's slowly climbing the ranks, but at running back 33, we're talking about a guy that they don't think can actually, on a bad team, <laughs> um, who's going to be losing a lot. Uh, granted, why would they run the ball? But they're going to throw the ball to him as well. I think, uh, I think really Penny has an opportunity to be an RB two this year and we're, we're dismissing it because he's been hurt in the past. And I think that we're all going to regret this if we don't take advantage of it now. Yeah. And the two biggest knocks on Penny is the drafting of Walker and his injury history. Right. Like we said, go back, let's start other episode. We break down our thoughts on, on, playing scared and drafting people mm-hmm. because of their past injury. Go back, list that episode. We get, we dive deep into that. I think you, you have to take the gamble here. Um, because if you hit, you hit big. If you miss, you're, you still have, you still have that grace, grace period where you can miss and it not cripple your team. But I think you're going to hit, hit more often than miss on this taking Penny here because Penny is a solid running back when mm-hmm. given the opportunity. I mean, if he we're has, looking at his, his, his yards per carry, outside of his uh, 2020 season when he only played three games, he had 11, 11 rushes, that's it. Uh, rookie year, uh, 4.93 yards per carry. Uh, second year, 5.69 yards per carry. Took a dip when he only had 11 touches when he got hurt. But then last year, with 119 touches, the most he's had in a, in a season, uh, 6.29 yards per carry. Uh, the trend that we're saying here is that it's probably not going to uh, hold up, but he's going to get over four yards per carry. He's not going to Cam Akers this two-point whatever Cam Akers gets, 2.7 yards or 2.6, whatever that is. He's actually a guy that's going to hit people. I mean, playing over two, I think he's like 225, something like that he's playing at, um, 220. He, he makes contact and can continue to drive and get an extra yard or two. And with a team that isn't going to trust Drew Locke a lot, I expect the first quarter of every Seattle game to go run, run, crap, let's throw a pass. Hey, run, run, crap, throw a pass. Hey, run, run, hey, almost got a first run again. Like, that's right. how it's going to go. And sure, will Walker dip into that? 100%. I think he will. But if we get a split backfield 50-50, I mean – he's going to, he's going to thrive at that role at RB 33. And I think he'll finish higher than that. Yeah. And this is, this is one of those players that like, you got to think that he never got the opportunity to shine because Carson was, was a serviceable back. Yeah. You had, you had, then you had the injury, the, the knock on, on Yeah. You forget that. So all that out the window. 
Let's right. go on. We we need to look on what have you done for me lately, and mm-hmm. that's what you need to base this on. Look at that that game stretch. Yes, Walker's going to come in. Walker's not going to know the playbook. Penny no. has been cemented in this organization and in this playbook for his career. Pete Carroll obviously likes this guy. Like, it's yes. obvious. Otherwise, he'd be done with him. And guys getting drafted ahead of him are Tony Pollard, who has Zeke in his way, who is more yeah. established than, than Kenneth Walker. We have Cordova Patterson, who's a, he's, he's, he's a 31-year-old running back who converted, who I think is a fantastic player, but he has to deal with Marcus Mariota as well, and Kyle Pitts, and now Drake London. They go on and got some more options. Granted, so does Seattle. Um, but it's not like those options are, are like, I don't know. It's that I don't, I don't think Cordero Patterson is locked no. in as the running back one on his team. I think that he could. No. But I mean, Algiers is right there um, working with him. I think they're going to slowly transition. Cream Hunt, got Chubb in front of him. Devlin Sing- Singletary. That's a sneaky one that could sneak up and everything, but they just drafted James Cook as well. So why aren't we worried about him? And that's like a full round higher. Uh, and then there's a huge gap uh, before we get to other guys like Damian Harris and uh, Miles Sanders, who all have concerns with them with playing in New England and uh, not being able to score touchdowns. Talk about, isn't that kind of funny? The sidebar, Miles Sanders and Damian Harris are drafted back to back at ADP right now. And one scores lots of touchdowns. One doesn't know what an end zone looks like. It's uh, crazy. <laughs> well, mm. one, knows what the, one knows what the end zone looks like, but it's, only if he breaks away. <laughs> yeah. So Rashad Penny, get him in the seventh round. If you nail your first six picks and he busts, yes, seventh round pick busted. If somehow you get in the eighth and he's still there, your eighth round pick busted. That's okay. We take risks in these ranges. Yeah. And I think he has a better chance than those other guys we said to maybe jump because he's going to be their RB1 at least to start. And he's going to help you out right away. And he might be somebody that you draft this range, outperforms, and then you trade him for a position that you need. Last right. pick. Wide receiver 38, getting drafted at 89 overall. Let's go the next round, 9.05. Tyler Lockett, um, how dare us? Like, 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 why is he getting drafted uh, as, as a wide receiver four? Uh, because, because, one, people, people don't realize how good Lockett is. And I'm a, I'm a lock homer. Mm-hmm. I, I, if you listen to the show for any length of time, Mike Williams and Tyler Lockett are the the two guys I I praise at wide receiver, mm-hmm. un, unmistakably. I'm I'm their hype train engineer, but this is where I think people don't realize. People look at DJ DK Metcalf, which is a phenomenal player, but take let's let's take a look at the games when Russell Wilson didn't play and look at Lockett's stats. He outperformed DK Metcalf by leaps and bounds. He is a player that is sneaky that can win championships. So if you're going to get him at a wide receiver four, he's going to put up wide receiver two numbers. I mean, yeah, his last four years, and everybody's going to say, well, that's with Wilson. And, and you're not wrong. I'm not going to argue there. We're talking about receiver 17, 13, 8, and 15. Uh, that is all playing all 16 games. If we go all the way back to his rookie year, he's missed one game. Knock on wood, maybe I'm jinxing. But availability is a, is a fantastic ability, especially yeah. in the ninth round. If you get him in the eighth round, I think that's fantastic too. I think guys like, uh, this is sidebar type thing, I think Adam Thielen's getting underlooked as well. It's a guy that's a little, little, little bit later, um, can score a lot of touchdowns, good offense. This Tyler Lockett, though, he doesn't have a great offense, but uh, he with Russell Wilson, 
uh, he averages nine touchdowns uh, a, a season the past four years. I mean, he's 10, eight, 10, eight, uh, the past four years, wide receiver 15 last year in PPR wide receiver 10 in standard, uh, which is even more impressive. He doesn't miss time. He catches a lot of passes. He gets a lot of touchdowns. He's still got some good speed. And if the Seahawks are as bad as we think they are, Rashad Penny is going to do really well early in the game. Tyler Lockett's going to do fantastic in third and fourth quarters. Garbage points, as we stated, garbage points will win games. Yeah, and here's the thing. If Seattle was full in tank mode and they weren't going to try and compete and win games, Lockett would have been out of there. 29 years old, they have no reason to hold on to him, except for the fact that Pete Carroll freaking loves this guy. Lockett loves playing in Seattle. He has a relationship with, um, uh, with Geno Smith. And we can't act like Drew Locke didn't have good weeks with Portland Sutton or Judy here and there. Um, Tim Patrick had some good weeks. Like players had good weeks. Like no, uh, no font was like uh, when he played down in Denver, Drew Locke, who's probably gonna have some connection here, obviously in Seattle, if Drew Locke starts was like tight end, like 10. So I mean, it's not like he doesn't feed people. It, they're gonna, they're gonna be losing games. They're gonna be throwing the ball a lot. So you can go back to back Seattle here. And I think you're gonna be benefiting because Penny in the eighth and Lockett in the ninth are going to provide lots of value for you here in the eighties. We're talking guys that are getting drafted, uh, you know, back end of back end of, of your, your bench, you know, it's a high end of your bench, back end of your starting lineup. And they're going to outperform other players around them. I think. And another thing you got to take into um, your thought process when, when drafting, sometimes you're not drafting for need. You're drafting so nobody else gets this player to beat. Yeah, 100%. And with that being said, this is the end of our second of four. <laughs> We're going all the way to 200 um, episode. ADP, 51 to 100 value picks that we think will help you in your league uh, just because they're, they're value. They're, they're, you know, so go out there and get that great value. Draft them a little early, that's fine. Uh, and if and if you uh, if we're wrong, I'm sorry that your seventh, eighth, and ninth round picks don't yeah. do well for you. There's no way if if your second half of your draft doesn't do well, there's no way your first half of your draft doesn't do well. I mean, somebody's got to pan out. So either these guys are gonna make up for your bad picks in the beginning, or they're gonna bust out, and it doesn't matter because your top picks are carrying you. Follow us on all social medias, like this video, subscribe, and we'll see you guys next week when we break down players 101 through 150 that we think will be great value. And get out there and make some trades.